Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me tonight, I am so excited. Uh, people who listen to the show know that I have talked about a particular community in the TTRPG space called Utopia. I'm a huge fan. I have with me today one of the caretakers for Utopia. Um, they are also a writer, safety consultant, uh, and content creator in the TTRPG space. Um, yeah, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Uh, hey, I am Morgan Nuncio, they should pronounce, uh, or you know me mostly as Mo. You can find me all over the internet. I say Amanda Bezos. I don't know why I chose a handle at the beginning, but I'm not changing it now. Yeah, it's too late. It's I'm, I'm too deep in the game. <laughs> Same thing with using my actual legal name on books. I could have changed it, but I didn't. And now yeah. it's too late. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you got to change it now because of everything going on in the world to Elon Bezos. And oh, then, God. <laughs> really just really just go down with the ship. Twitter's uh, like my one last hold on, uh, on the community. So like, please, please. I know, me too. It's, I'm like, I have a game coming out like in the next couple of days i'm oh like like trying to get hired as a writer and i'm like literally everyone that i know is here so yeah um please it's don't gonna do be this to me now. yeah it's, it's gonna be rough and then i i'm like on mastodon because i'm like testing mm-hmm. the waters and i'm like yeah. I, I i don't know how i feel about this like yeah I, it, like, <laughs> it's like a it's like a it's like a small reddit it feels like I almost like that's that's the I didn't. I've never used Tumblr, so I never used like Tumblr either. <laughs> there's a. I guess there's kind of a similar thing there. I. I guess, but yeah, mostly it just feels like Reddit to me. Like yeah. I'm just like you can make like a post and then people like boost it and and instead of liking it, they favor it or something yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but it's also funny because people are like, "Yeah, I'm going back to Tumblr." I'm like, I. Tumblr started in 2007. I was 18. I avoided mm. Tumblr. I avoided yep. Reddit. I don't know anything about it now. I am 33 now. I do not want to try to go back to Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm past my prime of learning what Tumblr is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was so, like, I did MySpace in high school. I did too. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually, my, it's funny enough, my wife, we've been married for 11 years now. Oh. Uh, we reconnected via MySpace right before... Oh. <laughs> We stopped using MySpace. Yeah. Um, so it was like 2009, and then like 2010, nobody was on it anymore. Um, and I, yeah, that was great because I was like, you could put music. Right. Like, it teaches you how to code a little bit. Right. I learned how to do a little bit of coding because I was like, I need to have this like certain background. Yeah. Like the waterfall text floating down mm-hmm. and like the cursor. I think it was the cursor. You can change the cursor type and like have it like. Mm-hmm. You like hearts floating across the screen as you like. <laughs> yeah, your closest friends knew where you stood in terms of your relationship with them because you had a top, top eight. eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like, all right, well, I guess we switched to Facebook, and which is just like a boring interface. Yeah, um, and I, it wasn't long before I was like, I just don't want to be on social media anymore, and I went on a hiatus. I didn't. I've never used Twitter. Um, yeah. I told the story before, but like, my first impression of Twitter was somebody telling me like, oh, it was so cool. We watched a thing with the, my group of friends one of my friends tweeted it and we all got an alert on my on our phones and i said that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> not doing it no 
Yeah, yeah I, think, sign up. I think I on Twitter to like 2018. Let me double check real quick because I think it tells you on your on your thing. Mm, yeah, yeah, January 2018 because I was, I think I was getting more into the LARP community then, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me try to reach out to other people. Let me try yeah. another social media platform. And so I'm I, for the longest, I was like so Twitter illiterate. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah, <laughs> I am the worst at this platform. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's me. That's li- I literally made it just for the podcast, and then I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, um, which is honestly scary as a as a BIMPOC person um, joining the TJRPG space specifically, mm-hmm. um, because you can get connected with some wrong people. You can get, oh yeah, you can get into some patterns that I don't think are helpful um, for new people into the space, and it's like, and for me, like who was already social media verse like it i went into burnout within like a month oh geez yeah and i was like i i don't i hate this so much it can be really overwhelming and then like you know if you don't filter it like correctly or like right away Mm -hmm. you just get you know slammed with the dodgeball (laughs) from left right and center yeah about everything yeah exactly and so like it really took me a a little bit to be like okay i'm just gonna make a decision that like my mental health in regards to Twitter is going to come first over how like the functions of Twitter. If people find me and they like my stuff, then great. Yeah. I, I cannot be just promoting things all the time. Yeah. I hate it. I used to push numbers like, like, like 20, when I originally really just started into podcasting in 2018 and then like mm-hmm. 2019, 2020 and then 2021, I kind of stopped. Yeah. And then 2022, same thing. Just cause I was like, the people who are going to find me. They're going to find me. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't want to be chasing numbers anymore. Like, what's what's the point? Like, yeah. So, and it's funny too because, like, that's the thing is like some some people just never do and are wildly successful because of the thing they created. Um, or you, you're like me and you meet someone at Paizo. <laughs> so <laughs> you meet someone from Paizo and then they're like, while you're talking, like, I think I'll follow you on Twitter. I'm like, oh no. And you look, you're both mutuals. You both follow each other. And you're like, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm you, sorry. I didn't know you saw my tweet about whether or not Jedi fuck. That's interesting. <laughs> apes yeah yeah it was at the big bad con meet and greet um yeah there was someone there from um paizo and it was luis luza and he was like hey uh i I don't mean to be awkward but i think i'll follow you on twitter i was like what really (laughs) oh no (laughs) and then i because you know sometimes people have like you know they don't have their name on there Mm -hmm. and like their picture is like a little cartoon icon which like you know what about you but like i don't know i i I don't know what you look like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um i was like I am so sorry. <laughs> I am the worst. And I know you. Now, now we know each other. Yep. We don't have to worry about following each other now. We, we already it. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, that's so cool, though. I mean, like, I, Paizo is a team that, one, that's a place that I really want to write for. Um, mm-hmm. And that's some people that I really want to talk to more Luis is specifically uh, as a person that I want to talk to um, because and we'll get into this I think um, as the conversation goes on um, <clears throat> but I live in New Mexico oh yeah a place with um, very large Latina uh, mm-hmm. community and so um, my wife is Latina and mixed and so like I I want to see more of that representation in um, 
in media, especially in TTRPGs. Um, my kids, like that's something that they're going to grow up with. So like I, one of the things that I think makes me sad about Pathfinder is that it doesn't seem to be present in their yeah. books currently. Um, I think Luis is talking about like having more of that. And I was like, yes, yeah. do it. Literally, things. Luis, you're the you're the guy. <laughs> Come on, Primo, let's sure. go. <laughs> no pressure, but you're the guy. You're the guy. Yeah. Funny, yeah. but <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, before we get into like all the TTRPGs and stuff that yeah. you've done, like how did you get into nerd stuff okay. in general? Okay. Let's rewind back to 2005 when I was 16 years old. Nice. Start start then. Um, so I actually started LARPing like in the month before I started playing RPGs. And oh, wow. um, yeah. I was a junior in high school. My best friend, Stacy, was a senior in high school. And she was a date older guys. She was like, she's like, I was the typical punk kid. And she was like the goth girl. Like, that's, that's yeah. how it was. Nice. We're, yeah. And we're best friends. And um, she was dating this guy. And um, she comes in one day and she's like, hey, I'm going to be, um, I'm, I'm going to, my boyfriend invited me to this vampire thing this weekend at his friend's house. And I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, can you come with me? I was like. Okay, yeah, and it was a like a like a home LARP of like ten people mm. for Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, and um, I went and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> but it felt like make believe, like in yeah. a way where you like you know you sort of like act like the character and like do the thing, and I had a good time, and I started to become friends with them, and I was like, all right, so eventually our friendship faded, me and Stacy, because mm. life and things and teenage yeah. drama. Um, but I stayed friends with those folks and I started learning like how to LARP more and do more of that stuff. And not a part of this, my boyfriend at the time was running it, it was starting up a D&D 3.5 game and okay. he invited me to play. So like a month later, I started playing D&D 3.5. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was new to it. It was a lot of rules. I didn't know what I was doing. He also triggered a lot of my phobias because like I have a massive steak phobia and he had a big ball python and he just like mm. put it on the table and like, you know, be like, yeah, you're fighting yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Come on, bro. Like, but no. the thing is, safety tools were not a thing no, back in the mid two thousands, and I I learned firsthand. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, especially in LARP, and I don't know I don't know what kept me going LARPing after this thing happened. Basically, my character got essayed mm. in a game. Yeah, and I couldn't do anything about it. That's yeah. And I was like seventeen, and these problem. are all like grown adults, men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. Yay. No. Yeah. That's so, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So safety tools weren't a thing that um and it's kind of like pushed me to be who I am in a way because I didn't want anyone else to experience that. So like yeah. That's why I'm like really really hardcore in safety tools and all that. So um yeah. But uh yeah, I kept playing tabletops, LARPing, went left South Florida, went to St. Petersburg, Florida, which is like West Florida, mm. West South. I don't know, Southwest, West, somewhere over there by mm. Tampa. Yeah. Um, and then I started LARPing in college and playing tabletops with those people. And then moved back to Texas after leaving Texas for eight years. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find any LARP crews. And then eventually um, some of my Florida friends were starting like this like uh, post-apocalyptic like, zombie LARP in Florida. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, there's already a Texas chapter that's been there for like a year or two now. You should look into it. And I was like, it was like an hour or two north of Austin. So like so I looked into it, got into it, started visiting. Eventually, I moved to Austin because I was like, I want to be, you know, out of small town Texas. Yeah. Because small town is not not my not my thing nope. at all. <laughs> no. 
I, yeah. I, I, especially I don't in think, Texas. <laughs> especially this town or this area. No. Yeah. yeah. So I moved to Austin and um, been here since. That's where I currently am now. Yeah. Um, and I've started playing like, like experimental LARP nights with some <clears throat> friends here in Austin where we yeah. play um, various like black box genre LARPs where it's like, like you don't need costumes. You have like a character sheet that's like, you don't have a character sheet. You have like a concept in your brain that you're playing with. Or like your sentient rocks who are like being like, you know, thinking about your life as a rock and just like rolling around on the floor. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and every, every once a month, we also play experimental tabletop nights where we play like various games like uh, Microscope and Apocalypse World and like various other like indie games that weren't mm. D&D. And so that really opened my eyes up to indie games. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, let's see. Where am I? Fast forward to 2016. Uh, there's a so side note. There's also this massive LARP conference in like Norway, Sweden, all those places that they talk about the academia around LARP and that the thesis around LARPing itself. Hmm. It's very, it's very like big brain. Mm-hmm. And so one of the people here in the U.S. wanted to bring it to Texas or bring it to Austin. So we had our first LARP conference, Living Games 2016, here in Austin. I got to meet all these like LARP academics and LARP designers from like around the u.s and some people from around the world and got to talk to them i got to meet banana chan for the first time um because she was here yeah and we became really good friends um and then so that was that uh 2018 comes around uh and you know we had another conference like the one we had in austin in boston massachusetts Mm. it wasn't great (laughs) oh no (laughs) it was very focused on white queerdom and white feminism And so all the POCs felt like they were like pushed off to the side and yeah. like it was yeah. not fun. Yeah. It, we, we, you know, I, I had to, we, I had to listen to a lot. We had a lot of stuff talking about. And so it wasn't great in that aspect, but um, during that banana is like after a, uh, a panel, if I remember correctly, she looks at me, she's like, Hey, you, you play D and D, right? I was like, yeah, occasionally. Why? She's like, do you want to be on a D and D podcast? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, um, sure. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's being ran by my friend Doug. Uh, y'all get y'all in contact, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. What I didn't know, it was Doug Lewandowski, mm. who is a co-writer of Kids on Bikes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so I started playing in the podcast with Doug Lewandowski, um, Tim Devine, who's another designer, uh, Kim Blue, who's uh, ran the podcast network, uh, Roll to Play. Uh, okay. It's currently on... Um, Think it's closed down or in infinite hiatus or whatever, you know, mm. whichever. Yeah. And uh, Yonsu Julian Kim. Mm-hmm. Yonsu Julian Kim. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I have a game right here for them. No, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was a NASCAR The Red Death, uh, which is a second edition module for D&D. Okay. Uh, converted to D- D&D uh, 5E. And oh, it's wow. basically a Victorian era, like Jack the Ripper, werewolves, et cetera, ghosts and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but we set it in Boston, and so we were able to play that way. Nice. And I played a, a curandera, which is like a Mexican folk healer. Mm-hmm. Basically, I was a cleric, a light yeah. cleric. But yeah. um, yeah, so we did that. Um, we still have one last season to finish, but like the pandemic hit us hard, and we just kind of fizzled <laughs> out because yeah. life and whatnot. But from there, I started writing because Doug asked me to write on this stuff. So my first writing thing was... um. Kids on Bikes Volume 2, Stranger Adventures, 
Um, then I wrote four teens in space. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, just getting more to know more designers and do more things. And I think the, all the sensitivity work I've done is for Doug at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, it's hey, always, but that's not bad though. I mean, yeah. to have comfort with somebody, uh, and consistent work, like I think is obviously, um, super beneficial. Yeah. You know, I'm honored to do it. Cause like, you know, I'm still learning and like sensitivity work in general. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like, no, I, I don't really want to like promote myself because i have a full-time job that i'm like it takes care of me this is just yeah. for me helping others and doing things so like mm. if i can help i will but like i probably know like 10 other bipoc folks that i can point you to if, if yeah. need be but, like i can't do it but i can give you a list <laughs> yeah <laughs> and hand it to you yeah that's key though um that giving the list because i think that's one thing like it that i've learned from other people and just like it's helped me sometimes to have somebody do that same thing for me of just like yeah maybe it's a thing you can't do but like giving somebody else the opportunity um oh my God, so they yes. don't just go hire a white person to do it like yeah that's and yeah that's why i love utopia i mean we'll get more into utopia yeah. like later but like having everybody there that can be like tagging like artists mm-hmm. here's a, here's a call out for artists i'm gonna tag y'all in this go do your thing <laughs> yeah I'm letting you know, like, you know, trying to push out prop- all the opportunities I can to, like, designers and artists and everybody else and casting yeah. calls just because I want y'all to have the opportunities that you want. And, like, you know, I want y'all to do amazing. And, like, because I, if I wasn't, if, for example, if I never met Banana Chan, I would not be where I am right now. Like, I, she is what has pushed me to do this. And she will not accept that gratitude, but, like, I will, <laughs> I will sing her praises. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, no, I think that's so great. Like that I I similarly feel like um I talk about him all the time too, but Quinn Murphy um okay. has been a huge huge mentor for me. Um That name sounds so familiar. Yeah, he's he he's a writer for Paizo or he's a freelance writer for Paizo, but okay. he's like he created uh It Wants Souls. Um okay. it's a game I've seen people stream a few times recently. Um but yeah, he does a lot of like freelance writing stuff, but he was one of the first uh black game designers that I got to talk to on the show. Oh my god. Um, and yeah, and continues to like we stay in touch and like yeah, he's been such a huge huge help for me and similarly of just like, hey, like I have this idea, like do you think this is a good idea or like giving me advice of like how to like start on different things and um I think it's it it's so beneficial, um, and I love when people take that and also f- think about like, okay, how can I pay this forward as well? Oh, um, for sure, yeah. Because this is such a new industry, uh, you know, I in think, terms of like think, the way it's expanding. Oh yes, I was going to say yeah, because the yeah. way it's expanding, because it's yeah. typically been like D and D set. Uh, not Cyberpunk, but Shadowrun or um, no, Cyberpunk was. Yeah, Cyberpunk's been around for a while. Yeah, too, it's yeah. been around for a while because it was made by uh, Mike Ponsmith. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I was yeah. very happy to hear. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. There's <laughs> yeah. one one POC that was yeah. represented in the 90s. <laughs> Appreciate you. Our, our Vampire or, um, you know, Pathfinder or any of the, like the older old OSR games, like the mm-hmm. war, war games. So yeah. seeing like how we are taking it now into like these all these ranges, like what is tabletop and like mm-hmm. just pushing that to the limit. Like some games you don't even have to have dice, you can just have a deck of cards. Some games you have a 
like a Jenga tower. Yeah. Some games you have minis and like, you know, you want to have a ruler to like measure how many steps you go. Like it just, yeah, it's just fascinating. And like, you know, all play is good play. Like if you were having fun playing, then like play the games that you want to play. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think like it too, like if you think about it in those early days, I'd be willing to bet that there was no more than like between a hundred to 300, like people working in game design. Oh Yeah. You know, for, for sure. decades. Mm-hmm. And now there are, um, depending on the capacity of which you look at it, but like there are thousands of people in it who are like creating content that are getting paid for it. Um, yeah. You know, doing writing, doing consultation, stuff like that. So like, I think like that part of it now, this boom that we're seeing, um, I think is is really cool. But it is like a lot of us are just trying to figure it out by the seat of our pants in yeah. many ways. Too. Yeah, and and companies are too. Like for example, yeah. the whole issues with uh, uh, D and D was it the coast and like you know mm-hmm. you know was some of the issues with some designers in the past, or even like some yeah. things like with Spelljammer and those issues that they allowed slip, they allowed to slip through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we don't have to go into, it, but like, how yeah. could you let that go through? <laughs> uh, because up until a week ago, they didn't hire safety consultants. Um, but they, they had, and then at the same time, they had the whole crew of Radiant Citadel. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, you have this beautiful, beautiful cast that you could at least draw an inspiration on, or like you know, pay to like be like, hey, I know yeah. you work on this thing, but can you also look at this thing? Like you yeah. know, like it's just, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any but, sense. But but it brings you to the idea that. Back in the day, they didn't even think about it. It wasn't even oh, people in their eyeballs yeah. about like having safety and like you know sensitivity mm-hmm. consulting and all. Yeah, which and- you can see if you go read any of the old books, <laughs> and even some stuff like currently, like it's you know, I uh, I I'm become friends with um the show Slavly Trolls, uh, which if, for those not familiar, it's a it's a show a podcast with two women, uh, and it's like about. Basically, looking at D and D through the lens of feminism, um, and oh, cool. yeah, they started on like second edition, first edition, early stuff, which is like obviously oh, you're wow. gonna get they're starting from the beginning and like going riled up. Yeah, yeah. Because in first edition, they they had like women and men as like different stat like blocks or something. Yeah, or, like, through second edition, I think. As oh, jeez. Well. Yeah, um, yeah, like women had a strength cap that they couldn't get past. Um, Hate that. Yeah, there's uh, so many problems. But like one of the things, like because I'm a big Pathfinder person, um, mm-hmm. I make no secret about that. Um, I'll still play D and D five E. I just think Pathfinder's better. Um, and and uh, once so one of the they did like a Q and A, and I was like, okay, well, when are you gonna finally pick on five E? And two of their most recent episodes are like, all right, Navarre, this one's for you because fucking Five E did this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like thank you. Yeah, which like, of course, I don't want there to be. I don't want people to be harmed by the things that they're reading. Oh, like, of for course, sure. but I think yeah. it's just like it. Really, what I'm looking at is like th- these big companies aren't infallible. Like D and D's. Watsi's learning that now. Yeah. Um, just because you are the brand name, like, doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want and people are just going to let it go. Like, mm-hmm. you put out a product, people read it, and within a week, there were so many people in, like, publicly having an uproar about it that you yeah. had to change the text, um, which is good. Like, that, that's changing the text is the proper reaction to that. But, but also, um, at the same time, it's just like, even. In your 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 I was gonna say your white brain, but like your, yeah. your, your right mind, your white yeah. mind. Yeah. Uh, how could you not see the similarities? Like, is it that, or are, are, are they just that ignorant and not aware yeah. of the, the, the history's path, like history? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it. Oh. Like, 
Or they just think like, oh, well, it's not like it's fantasy. We it don't mean it this way. So it's yeah. not, nobody's going to draw a comparison, um, which that's not true. Like people yeah. <laughs> still do r- real world things like this happen currently yeah. uh, outside of TTRPGs all the time. Um, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good that, that people that we have seen now that there's like empirical evidence that if we say, Hey, we don't like this enough, they will change it. Yeah. That's a good reaction to that. But it shouldn't but be, but more importantly, it should be proactive right? <laughs> to not put the shit out in the first place. I saw a TikTok where this person's like, Oh, they did this thing, but they apologize. And then they kept showing receipts to like, Oh, they, but they did this thing. And then they apologize. And <laughs> yeah. then they did this thing. And then they apologize. It's just, yeah. it's just an endless cycle. And it's just like, when are y'all going? Is this Catholicism? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I apologize to anybody no, offended sorry. by that joke. Um, but yeah, like literally just paying penance. And so it's like this idea, um, that's one of the things that really drove me nuts with when they like put this information out last week of like, hey, we know we screwed up. This is what we're going to do moving forward. And it's like, good. Like, we could have just been good, but so yeah. many people were in there like, oh my God, this is the right move. This is incredible. Thank you for doing this. And it's like, hang on, let's pause. Like they fucked up. Yeah. And this is like years late because other companies have been doing this for years. Yeah. Um, let's not, you know, roll out the red carpet for them finally hiring, say, uh, Right, uh, it's, it's consultants just, like that's fucking insane. Don't, don't applaud the bare minimum. Yes, yeah, and there's that. so many people are applauding. The, and I was like, it, I'm a person. I don't really get into Twitter discourse, but like that was one where I was like, I'm I'm so frustrated right now watching people who will spend a lot of time on Twitter talking about how inclusive and diverse and all the stuff that they care about, mm-hmm. um, and and are just like, yeah, this is great, like good job D and D, and it's like, stop. No. D&D's not going to yeah. pay you for giving them a compliment. Just stop, please. Just get out the water bottle and just quit them with <laughs> yeah. it. Just like, stop it. <laughs> just quit. <Yes. laughs> and it's yeah. just, it's also just like, oh man, like, yeah, you don't applaud the bare minimum. And like, you know, this has been something from the get-go. Like, it should have been a proactive thing. They should have mm-hmm. had these things like they yeah. in place. But like. Yeah. Which I think. Um, leads into a question. I have so many questions from your history of teacher oh, RPGs. I'm going to okay. try to remember them all. But th- okay. the question now, in in staying on topic uh-huh. with this specifically, um, ha- having started when you were in your late teens and playing through your 20s, like, did you ever look at the teacher RPGs and go, "I don't feel represented here"? Oh, uh, in terms of like the games you're reading and stuff like that. Well, the thing is, what's what's really funny is that I've, and this is weird, just because like I don't like because I didn't when I was younger. I never thought about representing myself. Okay, if you know what I'm talking about, like yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I play. I'm playing this like this blonde half elf who is like with this blue eyes and yeah. fair skin because like I it never even came to my brain space when I was younger that like. To think about representing myself, mm-hmm. I just wanted to fit in. Yeah, because I already stood out in the LARP crowds and tabletop alone. Mm-hmm. You didn't see many people of color at all in any of the spaces, right? And of course, me being half half white and half Latin, like you know, and you know, sometimes being white presenting because some people don't see you know see the Latin, some people mm-hmm. and some people do. 
like one person I worked with said I looked like a white girl with a tan while I go into the <laughs> the convenience store and like the guy behind the counter just talked to me in Spanish nonstop. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's that liminal that liminal feel of like how do I fit in? Mm. And so I always try to fit in by conforming to the standards that were in place. Like I mm. always try to play white. I always try to do white names. Mm. I always try to do this and that and that and the other. And um, as I've gotten older, it was probably like into my mid to late twenties, I started like, you know, connecting with other people of color yeah. in gaming. And I was just like, like, yeah, we, we gotta be the representation for ourselves. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that's when I started being an unashamedly like either playing mixed characters with mm. like, you know, Latin A first names <clears throat> or like white last names or like mixing it up. Yeah. Or like just um so someone who's completely Latin A and I'm just like I if no one else is gonna play, I mean I will. Yeah. I should do it. It's I yeah. could do it. Let me do it. And um it was just it was just wild because like it just never dawned on me until like I started talking to other folks who were like Do do you not see it? I'm like, I mean I, I was like, yeah, I do see it, but like <laughs> I was the only person with any melanin in my skin. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's just it's just one of those things like I, I did it because I didn't as a safety measure, I guess. Yeah. To, as not to be ostracized, like, you know, like. Well, and I think like, you know, to the experience that she talks about too, in that early on vampire game, like, I think like it, those things, experiencing traumatic stuff in game, it starts to tell you as a player, like, ooh, I'm not going to get, put myself in that situation again anymore. Like, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I can be harmed. You know what they told me after that? Like, and we could have just avoided the conversation, but they wanted it to be a plot point. They're like, sorry, Morgan, you were the only woman at, or the only female at the game. Oof. Yeah. So that makes it okay? Like, uh, yeah, it's like, fuck? I, I know you want to play vampire, which is like dark and edgy and broody, but like. Uh, but it was also the mid to late 2000s, and like these conversations weren't even a thought in anybody's brain at all because it was just yeah. part of the game. Like, that's that's how you play it. And, you know. That's, yeah. And it's it sucks, but I have this history now and these stories, and I use this to like be like, all right, cool. My games, two rules: safety and then fun in that order, because you can't have fun without safety. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's how absolutely. I always run my games. Yeah. So I'm the same. Like I'm I'm a person that like when it comes to playing games, like I'm not like I don't have a lot of phobias or anything like that. Like, and I'm I watch a lot of media that can be very dark. Mm. Um, but yeah, in my games, like my only line that I personally put out is like there's no no sexual assault like yeah no essay yeah. and so i like i don't want to see it i don't want to do that yeah. to somebody else like we don't need to that doesn't even need to be a part of the conversation yeah. um and i think like other things that can be very complicated like racism and slavery and things like that like i think are that for me personally it's like a table specific thing like if we're playing yeah. a game to tell a story and i trust the gm or the players around me then it might be something like okay we can do this and let's talk about how we're going to do this um but yeah like i don't personally yeah. don't I don't see the need but but yeah. that's not to say that nobody can do that either like yeah. i think there are people who want to explore also those. explore that and and you know have whatever story they want to have from that experience yeah so. like for example in juncture there it is. Yeah. In Junction Blood in the Banquet Hall, like racism is a part of the idea of the game because you're playing a Chinese family, a Chinese immigrant family in San Francisco in the 1920s. Yeah. 
there's going to be the idea of exotification, but like it goes really good into details of like how it should be perceived and how it should be like laid out, mm-hmm. especially if it's a white person running it because like they're not going to know like yeah. how this affects like people of color and like all that. So yeah, yeah, it's it is um, it can be tricky, but I think like if you're willing to take the time to learn about this stuff, then you know you can have really rich, powerful stories in your games um where everybody leaves the game and feels great about it right like you might have those moments like you know yeah i spent 30 minutes in this game crying uh but i also loved every minute of that (laughs) and i I will do it again happily i'll do it again happily yeah. (laughs) yeah um so yeah i think that that's really important and and but yeah so i mean like you know you you start to realize this and talking to other people and i think that that's um that's good. I'm curious too because of Vampire. Like I don't know much about it. I have never yeah. had the chance to play it. Um <laughs> I got close once and then we had to postpone the game. Mm-hmm. Um but my so like I said I live in New Mexico. Yeah. My rugby team that I was on was called the Brujos. <gasps> and so I know that there is a Bruja uh, what coven or whatever they're what are they called? It's like a clan. Uh, clan, but yeah. It's, but it's nothing. It's nothing like that at all. Okay, I don't know where they. Like, I don't. They, I don't remember. Like I, I probably I like read into it deep back in the day, but I don't remember what it means now. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, brujo bruja means like witch in yeah. Spanish. Mm-hmm. The bruja clan itself is just like an angry, passionate clan. <laughs> yeah. They're passionate about what they do. Like for example, I'm actually playing a bruja right now in a, a V5 campaign. Mm-hmm. And, Is that the one you um, dropped the art for? Sorry to interrupt you. The drop was that for? The, the art. The oh yes, yes yeah. the the chola yeah yes oh yeah it's so good uh, uh, yeah <laughs> Kev does work I'm gonna uh, Kev Eldridge Smite yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if you're listening you should commission him no. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah so that was where the yeah so she's actually uh the history that I have for her is that she's from like she was born in I think the late seventies because she's pretty young. Maybe the 60s. I don't know. Um, but in her, like, teenage years, she became, like, an activist. So, like, mm. in the late 80s, she's, like, in the Chola scene, and she's doing a lot of activism. And I think, if I remember right, it was 1993 was Ronnie King riots. Mm. I think and, that, yeah. Yeah. And so she was actually, like, an active member of the Ronnie King riots, like, mm. at, you know, participating and stuff. And her sire saw her and saw the passion that she had and sired her and all that stuff. Gotcha. So, like, yeah. she's very passionate. She's very, like, for the things. Mm-hmm. She will screw someone up in a, pa- a heartbeat for a cigarette. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's, yeah, I just, uh, I, I was like, yeah, they're, so, no, they're, they're not anything like brujos, brujas, like, that we know yeah. of. But, like, they're still called bruja, which, there has to be a reason, but I don't remember why. There has to be, yeah. We probably have to go back to earlier versions, but I think like, but I mean, that's unsurprising also because we know many older TTRPGs and some current TTRPGs take things from different cultures that they just sent like, this sounds nice, so I'm going to do this. Like, like oh. Star Wars, uh, which I think like Theta, <laughs> like, Star Wars is like when they just take like Asian names and put them on white people, <laughs> but there are no Asians in the show. And yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's interesting uh to see like when those things happen and, and if there was any kind of um through line for that specifically. No, but I do try to play like, you know, now I do try to play games like as like a lat- like from a, lat- a Latin lens and um yeah. and so like for example that Corandera 
in the D and D five E game, mm-hmm. or um, I was throwing. I was gonna play a game once. It was um, Urban Shadow Second Edition, mm-hmm. and I was gonna play a wizard, and I was gonna play much like a bruja, a bruja, pretty much yeah, a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who was not great at magic, but it was in her family lineage, so she yeah. tries. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I do try to do things now from a you know from a perspective. Like I'm like right now I'm playing a worldwide wrestling game, and so mm. I have a luchador mask. Yeah, because we stream it and like. <laughs> just because i'm like you know what let's do it because it's just such a you know like as someone who grew up mostly with their white family and like they never got the chance to like you know they were offered opportunities here and there to spend time with like their mexican side of the family i just i was young and like i didn't really think like of much of it like i wasn't like close with that side of the family so now as an adult i you know i kick myself a bit it also kicked my dad a bit because he never taught me Spanish. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I do Thanks what I can you. now to like at least learn and like mm-hmm. try to reconnect to those roots because there was a lot that was like broke for me. And like, you know, yeah. such a love of my mom's Cajun side. I I I and I learned everything about that. I'm trying more now to learn more more about my dad's Mexican side. Yeah. And like what's going on with that. So it's been a process for sure. And definitely like Especially when you're still not connected to that side of family and like mm-hmm. you're, you know, you know, I talked to dad, but he also went through, um, he was the one that went through the assimilation, I believe. Yeah. Like he grew up speaking Spanish, but in middle school he was forced to speak English. So like, mm-hmm. therefore he forced all his kids to speak English. Yeah. And he said, you'll learn in school. You'll learn Spanish in school. It's fine. <laughs> no. Eight years of public school education, a semester in college, and still like yeah, it doesn't. I kind of, kind of, kind of can like order stuff, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is like unless you're using it, it's you're not going to know. And I think like that's one of the things that a lot of kids here specifically like grow up bilingual. Um, yeah. Generally, families that come from Mexican or Mexican American uh, homes, but. Yeah, they grow up, they speak both. And so, mm-hmm. like, that's the best way to learn. When you're learning two different languages at once, my mom can speak fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. She learned it to talk to her husband, uh, who's from Mexico. And, but she learned, and, and she learned it late in life. And yeah. I'm still always like, just like the time that it took. But she also, like, every evening and morning, like, she was having these conversations in spanish to learn it yeah. so like that's good yeah it's immersion right you have to be yeah. immersed <laughs> and my dad's like he told me to count to 10 how to take out the garbage turn off the light and that's about it <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah i know and he he's actually has apologized to me now about about like not teaching me when i was younger but like you know yeah. which i appreciate but still the damage is done and like you know i'm yeah it's one of those things where it's like I could try to do Duolingo, but that starts you from the very beginning, and like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not there, and trying to do all that just burns me out. And I'm like I, why bother? Yeah. yeah, like let me let me take a test or something and skip ahead, please. Well, actually, I did. Like in college, I was to, I was supposed to take two semesters of, of Spanish, but like I tested out of the semester and like only had to take one because yeah. I actually I knew some stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Did even, learn something. <laughs> yeah. Even though I failed my AP Spanish class, I still skipped this semester in college. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I was just, I was just, uh, similarly, like my, my maternal grandparents, uh, um, had French roots. And so I learned French, but like oh, I nice. never used it. I talked to one, I talked to, uh, 
a competitor for a local boxer um, who had come in to fight like a actual like a big boxing match. Okay. And um, I talked to a girl in Vermont who was came down from Montreal, and that was the only two times I've ever used it in the wild. <laughs> so um, yeah, like my 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 abuela, she spoke Spanish, and like mm-hmm. she. She, it was, oh God, it was such a, I think that was another reason too. It was just a big language barrier that like I also kept away because like I didn't know Spanish and therefore like why would, why, why would I spend time with my grandma who, who obviously would, did want to connect and like, mm-hmm. you know, and like one of the things I can remember now that I'm just like, I'm so mad at myself that I was a kid. So like I, I yeah. had to give myself some, some things is that she was trying to teach me how to make tortillas like from scratch mm. and she wanted to spend that time in the kitchen with me and teach me how to make tortillas. But like she was speaking Spanish and I didn't know anything and I, yeah. You know, I, I, I was like, okay, grandma, like, you know, I didn't call her abuela. I called her grandma because that's what my dad told me to call her. Like, yeah. And like, there was just, it was such a communication barrier. And it's just, it's, you know, I'm sad now because like I didn't spend time with her, but like, yeah. Yeah. Just do what you can now and like to support and honor them. So, yeah, for sure. I think it's, that's, you know, it's hard as a kid to really, be able to take the time to like consider that and to be patient and understanding about that stuff. Uh, so yeah. yeah, definitely, you know, give yourself some slack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, you know, having, when you get the chance to like, look at that stuff, like you said, like you, you do what you can now to honor them and to, and to learn that stuff because yeah, when you're, when you're a kid, it's easy to take it for granted. And like oh, you said, okay. your, your dad being the one that had to assimilate, like I think about how traumatic that is for yeah. for kids like, who like like have he said to he was that. made fun of like he told me he was yeah. making me fun of for speaking Spanish and I was like Dad you lived like in an area that mostly spoke Spanish how did you get made fun of he's like I stole it I was like mm-hmm. yeah. dang like it's yeah. just you know and then, of course you know that was like what the sixties seventies like eighties mm-hmm. like that 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 time frame so yeah. yeah which yeah it's it's tough like I mean even even here like like i said like i grew up around a lot of kids who like primarily spoke spanish um and yeah they still had to deal with that too in a place where, like literally new mexico where it's like this is a, <laughs> yeah. you know like i don't understand like it's so wild but yeah so we you know it's just honestly white supremacy and americanization mm-hmm. and um those things have a big effect but i think like yeah it's it is tough to to deal with but i think like one of the great things that we can do with what we are doing now and like teach RPGs is like getting to connect with those things on a level that actually creates memories, right? Like as we play games, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're building this stuff in our head. Um, And also designers who are designing from their cultures. Like mm -hmm. I have, where are they? Where are they? Novel and Tescas and Thai. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, these are from, like, you know, Mexican backgrounds and mythologies. Yeah. And it just, it's, it makes me so happy that, like, you know, we have these things that people can actually design and pull their inspiration from. And then, you know, we all get to play a part of and, like, be able to just uh, connect just a little bit more to our own roots. And it's just, like, it's so, it's so nice. Yeah. I had that same experience of, like, like, oh, yeah. Why don't you play Call of Cthulhu? Or like, I don't want to play fucking 1920s America horror. No, thank you. And yeah. then somebody's like, well, have you heard of Chris Spivey's Har- Harlem Bound? I'm like, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll play that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wish I got, I like, I wish I knew about that when I was kickstarting because I wanted to back it, but now like I didn't and I'm, I'm kicking myself because I'm like, give me, give me the game now. Yeah. You can, I'm, well, I say this, you can get it in store. Oh, can you get in store? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Or you can, uh, so you can get it on, uh, Darkie Hughes website. Um, cause I was oh. looking at it the other day. Um, but I, I like, they also sell it at my local game store. So I'm sure. I have to double check, make sure mine have them. Cause yeah, I have haunted West, the, the PDF, but like I want, mm-hmm. I also want the book. Yeah. 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 And know the book's I'm like saying. 800 pages and it's like, <laughs> yeah. And there's more supplements coming out. Oh, God uh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm like happy that they're doing it. But yeah, also, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, but yeah, yeah Chris my, is another one. I got to meet Chris uh, and oh, have him okay. on the show. And like, that's like, yeah, again, the representation is incredible. Another one that actually, I'm actually running in this game on Sunday, Passing de los Pasiones. Yes. Yeah. By uh, Brandon Leon Brandon, Gambetta. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. like, they just got the hardcovers for that. They're going out to Kickstarter soon. I and I'm like, that. and I missed the Kickstarter. I don't know when the Kickstarter was and I don't know why I missed it. But like, I'm just like, I, I need this book. I need <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah, I need, and I was going through the website because apparently there's gonna have be like dice and like NPC cards and like modules. I was like, I'm just going to buy the bundle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> low, like, yeah. I'm gonna drop some money on this game because like, yeah, just it, I played it twice already, and actually both times were full Latin A tables. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, just and then like you know playing this like Latin design Latin design game mm-hmm. based off a of telenovelas, which is like a very Latin yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just, God, it was so it was so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard to beat those experiences. And that's what I mean. Like I think like having those moments to be like, this is amazing stuff that I've done, mm-hmm. these amazing stories that I've got to tell, um, and and got to implement, you know, my culture, um, my family stories, whatever it is from myself into this game that now yeah. lives on forever either in my memory or recorded somewhere or whatever mm-hmm. um like man that's so that's like, so powerful it's like so my most recent thing is i ran mass for hispanic heritage month on a, mm-hmm. a robo a ttrpg gifts uh youtube channel or, yeah, yeah. or twitch mm-hmm. and playing an all that a cast of mask yeah so teenage superheroes yeah because he, he's like what do you want to do i was like you know what? I want teen Latin Latin teenage kids. Give me, give me the drama. And like, yeah. it was just, it was beautiful. Like, yeah. you know, cause they all dove into it. They all like, knew, they all knew the excite assignment as, as the kids say it. Mm-hmm. And, um, they all were just like, all right, yeah, we're doing it. Like, you know, yeah. you know, they gave like, they, they had like Latin, Latin, uh, names for their things, like Spanish words for like, you know, La Maricosa and like, you know, yeah. um, uh, hombre lobo and like, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, cause he's playing the transformer. I was like, are you, are you a werewolf? He's like, no, no, not exactly. <laughs> I was that's like, funny. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. But yeah, I mean, I think like that's, it's, it's important, you know, it's yeah. important to have those times, those opportunities to do that and to do it, especially at a table where everybody is there on a specifically spe- specific common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a table like that where it's all Latina or like the Strix, right? Where it's all black table. Oh my God, yes. Um, yeah, like those, it's so, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, even to play at a table with all POC is like, that's already incredible. It's, that's that's like one step of comfort, but stepping into another one that's like a more, like another, like more niche, like familiar mm-hmm. role. You're like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yep. But it was so great. Cause like, you know, just each time I played, I think it was like my, 
fifth or sixth time playing at a full Latin table. Mm-hmm. And each and every time I hear someone's like, this is my first time ever playing at this table. And I feel so much good, like so much better, even yeah. not just the full Latin table, maybe just a POC table. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, we want, we, we need this. We all need this. Yeah. We need the safety. We needed because there's safety and like understanding of mm-hmm. this bond that we have of like away from the white, the, I don't want to say the white eye, but like, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, hmm, what, what am I trying to say? Like, like it's a, like a white gaze. Yeah. The white gaze. <laughs> yeah. And, um, just where we're able to like, not have to like, you know, code switch or like not mm-hmm. have to like be, you know, on toes because like they don't understand our, no. our references or like, right. you know, yeah. Or yeah. because of their own ignorance and they don't understand like why that's a bad thing t- typically like you know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean i think even like in the first one shot that i ran on my podcast because i typically just do the interviews but i've done a couple one shots and planting more yeah and uh yeah the first one i did um you know we're talking about like safety tools and stuff mm-hmm. and my friend jordan was like let's just assume like we're all pocs so we're just going to take care of each other right <laughs> like yeah like yes absolutely um and that obviously was spoken out loud, but I think that that we go into those games a lot of times of being like, yeah, like, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about this person like saying something out of pocket to me mm-hmm. and racist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because we know what that feels like. We, all of us here know what that feels like to be hurt by yeah. words that way. Um, so we're not going to do that maliciously to each other as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, I still, I still run through safety just in case, because like, you know, I, I still want everybody's like to be open and honest with yes, each other. Of course, but, like, yeah, yeah. At, but at the same time, like I you know, there is that like that extra security and comfort that you have when you're playing with a POC table. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I really appreciate um, that. Yeah. Um, so which speaking about incredible POCs, um yes. Utopia. Yeah. Um, I have been without creating this creating a guilt trip, I have been fighting for so long to get Jess on this damn show. Um, so I haven't done it. Jess, Jess if you're is, listening, please Jess, just Jess. hit me up. <laughs> Jess, do it. Uh, um, if, you, if you want me to poke them, I will poke them through. You're like, yeah, Jess, please. talk to number four. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but that said, um, I genuinely, uh, I have so much love for Utopia um, for creating a safe space for for POC uh, creators of all kinds to come yeah. together, have like a, a safe discord to talk about stuff, have um, people to like help uh, with advice, boosting stuff, like all the things that are done. Like I have to say, seeing the game design like channel pop off and people are mm-hmm. talking about game design and like helping each other makes me so happy. I'm like, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, do the thing. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, that's that's been my my biggest um, for like I said a couple days now, and I'm so anyway. Uh, we can't get into. It. Um, <laughs> I, I will I will hyperfixate, and that will be the end of the interview. Um, <laughs> but what I do want to know, like for you, how did how did Utopia start uh, for so- you specifically, and and yeah. Yeah, so um, I knew Jess and Mariam, um, who, uh, you know, Sin's another one, but Sin wasn't a part yeah, of yeah. the original stuff. But um, mm-hmm. I knew Jess and Mariam from when we were a part of, oh, God, what was the channel called? We were a part of some channel that I can't remember now, which is probably a good thing and a bad thing, because mm-hmm. um, they were white ran, and okay. but they had a POC channel, but 
also white people could see because they're obviously let it. Mm-hmm. You know, admins can see into the channel. And something happened, and I forgot what, but some something went down, and um, it was not fun. Yeah. God, what happened? Anyways, some some oh um oh oh I remember now. So it was a Twitter thing that happened, and the guy running um the uh, channel or yeah the Discord channel and all that stuff mm-hmm. said like you know was attacking someone said hey POCs get on this so basically trying to use this as attack dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we're like well, well, well no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no no no, <laughs> and so it took the administration's. You know, each time we were like, hey, what's going on with this? We need to know. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we're working on it behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. We're working behind the scenes. And eventually, like, we're, it was like two, three months later, we're like, uh, no. Yeah. What's going on? Or I'm leaving. They're like, you know, they're just fumbling the bag. And like, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm gone. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. And it just it just went downhill because like none of us felt safe because he you know we've realized then that admins can see our stuff and they were talking about us like in their admin chats and like you mm-hmm. know using like snippets from our conversations that we had with each other in their mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah and yeah so eventually I I just stepped away and I was like you know I'm done and the thing is this channel that I can't remember the name of now or I would put them a blast but I don't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> God, where's brain? What are you doing? Um, they were my first channel I started streaming with. Like you mm-hmm. know, I did podcasting for 2018. Started in 2018. In 2019, I was on Twitter and I saw them like having like people like, "Hey, come join our Discord." You know, yeah. try out streaming. Like, yeah, sure, I'll try out streaming. I, you know, I barely done any of that, and I joined, yeah. but um. So Jess and Mario worked together to get Ethiopia going, and um, eventually they reached out to me like, "Hey, we're doing this thing." I was like, "I was like, oh my god, thank you!" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. eventually, I just like was like a, um, I was just I was helping and like doing things. I wasn't a caretaker because they were the only two caretakers at the time, mm-hmm. and I was just helping out doing things and like organizing stuff. And eventually, someone mentioned like on a podcast that I was a caretaker, and I was like, "Ah, no, that's not right." <laughs> And then they said it, and then they're like, eh, whatever, come on. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I started doing it. Just because, like, you know, I was always there just supporting and helping and, like, you know, pushing and promoting. And, like, like right now I'm actually, uh, oh, that reminds me, I need to do that later. Make myself (laughs) a note. Uh, Inviting people to the Discord who are signing up on our our chats, which we have a few that need to do now that I just remembered that I forgot them. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. No, yeah, that's so good. I mean, like, I think, like, for me, uh, I heard about it first. I want to say I heard about it because it popped up during um, last year's uh, Bimpak Vamp Jam. Yeah. So we actually, that was our first, I think, game jam that we did. And like how that came about is, um, you know, we heard about BIPOC at Vamp Day that was happening. And like, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? We have all these amazing designers. We hardly see any vampires. You know, we have Junction now, but like we don't really see any designers of color writing about vampires. Yeah. And I was like, what if we do a game jam? And then on that weekend, we run the games that are part of the game jam and like do the thing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, sure. And so like it wasn't my idea. And we just like snowballed into what it was. And I was like, oh, we're probably gonna get like, you know, maybe five people. (laughs) 
I was so wrong. I I was wrong, yeah. and I will admit it. <laughs> and I was overwhelmed. I think we had like thirty entries at the mm. end of it, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then we had a full weekend of like you know of streaming, and like yeah. we donated like a lot of money. Like we were able to like raise a bunch of money and like donate it, which made me really really happy. And um, yeah. I was beyond floored and honored by everybody who participated, everybody who wrote, everybody who joined the streams, um, promoted, who donated. Like it was just, it was so good because I was like, I was like, look at us, we're doing things, we're writing our own games, we're playing the games, and it's all BIPOC folks doing doing all the stuff. Like it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, it I was mean, a lot like, though. <laughs> just like, no, yeah, it was like sure. on, on our end, it was a lot, and I was yeah. just like, I was like, j- I was like, we need to if we do this again, we gotta like start this like back in march yeah (laughs) yeah i think like i mean of course like obviously producing all the streams is a huge task yeah Yeah, my god Um, yes not only like is it like a thing you have to do on but like you also are you're committed to be there right and so like not having that many producers yeah there's like so Uh, many things that go into it um and just now getting that, everybody scheduled. Now that, and... now that I have a new graphics card, because that's why I just want to push things at because so like now <laughs> yeah. I have a new graphics card, maybe I can start I can use it, I can do more producing. So yeah. Yeah. I uh I am considering it, but I'm also just like, I don't know, can I just convince like one of my very talented friends that does this already to just help me? <laughs> please, please help me. Um, which you know, I don't do a ton of streaming anyway, just Typically, my schedule, I'm like, unless you want to do a late stream, like, I probably can't do it. Um, But I, but I do think it's so, it's fun. Like, for me, at the heart of the, this is just kind of tendential, but like, I love really clean audio. I love the sound, like when everybody's levels are similar and, you know, a lot of stuff is cut out that's not needed. And streaming is just like, we're here. It's We're just live. Throw it together. It's really nilly. Yeah. Um, unless We're doing you do, it live, baby. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Unless it's unless it's pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, but you know, typically it's just like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and so I as I enjoy being on stream, I enjoy performing on stream. Um, but I have a harder time listening to streams for that specific reason. Oh, I get that. Yeah, so I think it's like, but I because I, like you the, got the ears who's like, okay, they're not level. Like, yeah, like, there's a lot of background noise. Quiet? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it is it is an interesting dichotomy uh, in the world because like I listen to a lot of podcasts too, and I've noticed that there's a lot of podcasts as well that are just like, yeah, we're just treating this as if it was streamed audio. Um, yeah. Like they might and, they might level stuff out, but like every other sound cough whatever is left in <laughs> like mm. why wait what <laughs> because some people aren't like they are not learned in that aspect like yeah. whenever i had my podcast which is a power by apocalypse podcast called power by the players mm-hmm. um when we had our editor leave and now we're on def- indefinite hiatus until we figured things out but like yeah. you know um yeah i was like i i you know i would take it on just to keep the podcast going but i don't want to run i was running one the running into games yeah and then on top of that, I didn't want to also like have to edit and learn how to edit because I mm. I've never edited it before. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. So um I'll respectfully not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And like, yeah, it is. Like I'm I'm just one snob in this world, so don't pay attention to me. No, um, it's good. But- <laughs> it's good to have those ears. Like you have a you have a refined palette in your ear holes. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also have limited time. And 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 it's oh, one yeah. of those things of like similarly 
of being the forever GM, like if you are a person that edits your own audio and you join a podcast with other people, it usually ends up falling on you to be the editor for that podcast. You're you're like the the um <laughs> oh god the the drummer in the band like yeah. If, if you're going to be a drummer one band, you're going to be a drummer like five bands because like yeah. drummers are rare. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I have like another I have another group of friends who was like, hey, you want to you want to do this podcast? And it's like an idea that like I love. Like I came up with it because I literally every time I make friends with people, I'm like, ooh, you and I would do good for this specific podcast. And I usually don't speak that into existence because that might mean that we will end up doing it and I just don't have enough time. What kind of podcast would we do? No, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, but yeah, so we did this and I, I brought it up as like, yeah. a, like, oh, I had this like funny idea, whatever. And then um, my friend was like, well, okay, but what if we actually did this? And I was like, okay, who's going to edit it? <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't know how to edit. I'm like, so you're saying I have to edit it. Got it. Okay. Um, well, if we do edit it, I'm I'm gonna do the lazy editing. I'm just gonna do the levels are clean. I'll take out like any big pauses or whatever, mm-hmm. and everything else just stays because I don't have the time to do it. Because that's like a yeah. for me, that's like a twenty minute edit. Like oh, that's okay, good. Yeah, bang that out. Um, but like to do a full edit, like basically every thirty minutes is an hour. Yeah. Of time that you're sitting there doing it, so like you're like pausing or you're winding, doing a thing, yeah, rewinding, do, making sure. It and works. that's just with two people. Ugh. When you add more people, like an actual plate is that's a whole week to just oh, yeah. do. So yeah, it's I'm like, <laughs> please let's just somebody give us money so we can hire editors <laughs> right? who actually like to right? do this. <laughs> like, like I would love to hire an editor and get my podcast going, but oh I do God. not. Yeah. I do not make editor money, unfortunately, and therefore, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's expensive. It's mm-hmm. it's worth it for sure. Like if oh, it's something sure. like hey, we talk about that a lot. Like if we can like if you can raise the funds to be like I got editor money, pay somebody. Yeah. Do it quick. Don't turn back. Yeah. You like, you will you won't regret that. That's like money well spent on an editor. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I, I miss a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. Like it was, it was a, it was myself, uh, Kristen Devine, and Diana Lorraine, and um, oh. we're all we're all Latin in some sort of variety of sorts. Yeah. We're all we're all BIPOC, and um, we always had a rotating diverse cast of like you know various players, and like yeah. we did one shots of many campaigns. Like yeah, it was either a one shot which turned into a two shot because one shots get long, mm-hmm. or um, right. six episodes of like a thing. So and it's all part of the apocalypse games. So like. Yeah. It's so, so like, many. <laughs> <laughs> so real talk, uh, at Big Bad Con, they uh Ezra, who's the uh board game captain, mm-hmm. he handles all the board game room stuff, uh, was running a game called it was like Big Bad Con Squares or Big Bad Squares, which is like Hollywood Squares, where you ask people questions like in, in the squares. Yeah. And you pick someone from the crowd and you're like, Do you believe them or not? And uh they're like, I don't believe them. <laughs> and you're like, Good, because they're wrong, so you get the point. Or yeah. like Oh, they got it right, and but you got it wrong. So the other team gets a point, like that sort of thing, yeah. like X's and O's, and you tried to make like you know tic tac toe with mm-hmm. with the crowd. And I forgot I was on Ezra's podcast because <laughs> he's like he's like, and that because I had the the pod the uh, the other podcast, and so I made like a spreadsheet of all the PBTA games like yeah. I, I knew of at the time, and it's like per Morgan Nuncio and the uh, spreadsheet that they had, how many PBTA games at that time do you think there are <laughs> and also at first i was like wait i was on your podcast when was this i was like oh yeah 
And then I was like, I was like, did I say 72? And someone's like, 69. I was like, I don't think that's right, but nice. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they're like, no, like, you know, you got it wrong. It was 72. I was like, yes. You know, number. It's gruesome that's then, so mind many. you. But yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so many. Uh, it is apocalypse games, and and I'm sure there's more now because it, oh, yeah. it's the system people like to write in. Um, yeah, and that's the system I eventually <laughs> want to make my game in. So like, yeah, because I actually have an idea for a game that I, I want to put to paper. But I think there's a 2023 project that once I um, you know, currently I'm like working for apocalypse. I'm doing a, the uh, Kickstarter goal for apocalypse keys, and like you yeah. know, and then also I'm working on kids and capes. Yeah. So um, it's going to be my own little project that I'll start working on. Nice. Yeah. Before I created the Corrupted, which is the game that's coming out, um, I started working on a different game and it was going to be a PBTA game. And as I was doing it, I was like, I just like, this is a fun idea, but I just wasn't like passionate enough about it specifically that idea. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to put this away for a little bit. And then, and then I like, I was like, into this game like yeah. all the way in and i was like there's okay i'm not doing anything else so i just like sent it over to another uh all poc discord i have and i was like look if anybody wants to take this idea please run with it here it is like i <laughs> here's my notes yeah this is what i've done so far you can it, you can call it yours just give me like a you know uh a credit of like inspiration inspired by navar um but yeah yeah, so I don't know. Um, I mean, this has been so much fun. Um, oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. You. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I'm um, honored. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you want me? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know it's yeah. I, I I have been meaning to reach out to you for a long time. Um, you can ask uh, Jess. This is one of the few DMs that we've had. Uh, <laughs> no shade, Jess. I just watched you on my show. Um, and um, but I was like, yeah, uh, I definitely want to talk to Morgan. And so um. But I just like, it's, there's so many incredible, listen, if you're, okay, I'm grabbing my mic for people who are not watching this. Okay. There are so many incredible POC people out there. It's it's not that hard to find. No, not at all. You're out there. So, you know, look, I, the reason that it took so long is because there's so many incredible people. I'm, my list is endless. Um, if you cannot cast people in your show or cast GMs to run your shows or whatever the fuck, you're just not trying. Mm-hmm. So that's I think I, I think for the Utopia alone, I think there's like 240 people. 240 people. I could be very wrong though, but um, I mean it's... that's probably right. Um, this is episode 80, and I have a list that goes far beyond this. So like, it just says, it just says offline right now is 130. So yeah, like 133. Yeah. So like, no and excuse. that's, that's just people offline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No excuses. So yeah. yeah. Um, Utopia is incredible. If you are a POC and you're listening to this and you're not a member of Utopia, uh, go find their application. Uh, it's on, it's on the Twitter. It's that, yeah. it's on their Twitter at the, on the linked, um, they're, you know that one link yeah, that link on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's in that link. That's the application. Please, Please do that. We we do the application just so we can make sure that you know we're trying to like you know help you like narrow what you want to do. Do you just want to hang out with BIPOC folks and just be be in a space with them? We got that. Are you a designer who wants to like you know be around more designers of color? We got you. Do you want to start streaming and like being a part of actual plays? 
we just want to know. We want to see if we can help you with your dreams because, like, we want to we want to support you in whatever endeavors you have. And um, yeah, I want to I want to see people thrive and grow and like doing like what I do and also being at Big Bad Con when they had the POC, like you know, scholarship yeah. fund and all that. Oh my god, it's just being who I am. I'm just like I adore this. I need this for more people. Yes. Absolutely. We need this for more people. And I'm so happy that we have each other and we're pushing and promoting ourselves. And it's not a rat race. We're not trying to steal each other's crumbs. We're just trying to, you know, make more space at the table, even if it means like building our own table from scratch. Yeah, absolutely. You're incredible. And what you're no, doing. No, you're is- incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. And uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for everything. I'm excited for uh, Utopia and everything that will come with that. I'm excited for Big Bad Con next year because I'm going to try my ass off to get there. Uh, yes, and I want more people there. As someone yeah. who is a, who is a co-volunteer coordinator, yeah, <laughs> uh, at, at this time right now, still co-registration cap- uh, captain, but like we're I'm going to try to pass the torch to someone else because yeah. two jobs is too much for that con. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a lot. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, want more people there. I, even though we have like a lot of people there, I want more. I need more. We need more people there. I want to see it. It makes me so happy there. Oh, it's just, it's just, even though con only had like 500 people at it. Like it was, it's a very small con. Yeah. It was still nice. (laughs) It was, it was still like 20% POC. Yeah. I I think about, yeah. And it was just cozy. It was friendly. It was familiar. You got to really know people and like, it was just, it's, it's, it's a con that I really values the community of like role play and like TTRPGs. And I think more people need to experience it. And if they like that stuff or like they want that. And also, especially it's a good place for POCs because we're, you know, Ajit, George and like Sean Nittner are working together to like really hone it down for POC folks that really have a space for representation. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. And like the people that they had this year, they're like from like Paizo and Cola Press and Critical Role and like a bunch of other folks. They were there promoting. Yeah. Like I saw Sage from Pixel Circus and I was like, hey, I remember you. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> it was awesome. just, she's like, yeah, I didn't get a flyer, but like I'm just here looking for people to be on the show. I'm like, and I basically was like standing with her. I was like, I know they do actual plays. I know she does actual plays. I know they do actual plays over there. I know he yeah. does them occasionally. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was giving her like, like five people. I'm like, and like, I want to do that for more people. Like if I was like, man, I wish I could just give you a list and just be like, here you go. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, um, well, God, I cannot remember the name of the studio now mm-hmm. that's there in San Francisco. Oh, uh, is it the start playing folks? I think so. Yeah, I forgot what the yeah. actual studio is like, called. They pulled in. They pulled in people to like yeah. do like one shots. They're, they're um, like in town, so they're like, hey, let's yeah. stream. And um, I was That's talking cool. to Devin, and Devin's like, yeah, next time you're in San so let me know. I guess about my table, like, yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's so many exciting things. Um, yes. You know, make sure you're, you're checking it out. Um, Mo, where uh, one more time for people who didn't pay attention in the beginning, where can people find you? First off, how dare y'all? No, I'm kidding. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 take notes in the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Where are you right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Mo or Morgan or I was going to say Morgan for short, but I was like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> uh, I'm Morgan or Mo for short. Um, you can find me all over the internet. I Serena Bezos. That's S-I-R-E-N-A-B-E-S-O-S. Yes, it means mermaid kissed in Spanish. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cool when I was in my late 
mid to late twenties and I just stuck <laughs> with it. Um, I'm on Instagram. I barely use it. Twitter. I use it the most. Uh, S- Dice camp on Mastodon. Mastodon. <laughs> oh God. I feel so weird. To I know. <laughs> yeah. But I still use it. I'm I kind so. of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also TikTok. So um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on those places. Uh, but if you want to talk to Utopia and find Utopia stuff, please find them at Utopia TV. Yes. I think that's what their handle is. Hold I on. Think so yeah, that sounds. Oh right. god. Oh god. Let me just double check real quick. One moment, please. Yeah, Utopia TV. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, or you can follow me at Twitch.tv/Utopia. Um, we currently are not streaming anything, but um, just because the good old burnout. Yeah. Has gotten all of us, but like I, uh, I did run a game, or I had a game that I ran that um hasn't hasn't you know is still in production phases uh called Donuts and Duels which is all by Pop Kids on Brooms game. Yeah. Uh one day one day they'll they'll see the light but um <laughs> but also I had a show called Game at a Glance where we talked about I well, I just talked about gaming and like uh I went through and reviewed um BIPOC designer games and just sat and had a cozy conversation with folks and I would love to do that. Now that I got a new graphics card, hopefully yeah. knock on some sort of that's kind of wood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that my computer doesn't crash when I'm streaming anymore. So uh, I could keep reviewing games and talking about games. And like, because I like that. I liked it. was like kind of like a bi weekly news article about mm. games and like what's going on in the community and this designer doing that. And it's just me talking about BIPOC people that I was like, because I want to promote and support and all that stuff. Because there's enough people who already were going in and depicting the bad things about TTRPGs, but written by white designers. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to celebrate and support BIPOC designers. And so I yeah. was, that's what I did. I was, I was like reviewing games and like talking about their Kickstarters or like, you know, saying like, Oh, like when RPGC just released their first website, that Momotos made. Yeah. It's a beautiful website, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet, I forgot what it's called, but I think it's called RPGC. But, um, I was going through the website and showing people like how, what it looks like and like what you can find easily on there. Yeah. And like, cause I was like so excited. Cause I was, like, look at this cool thing. These people are doing like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, it's awesome. Like I think that it's so beneficial, especially for indie designers and creators to like have somebody talk about your stuff. Um, yeah. Like it means a lot. First of all, uh, like anytime somebody like I get a review or something or like on a game that I'm, I'm like, cool. Wait, you played this? This is incredible, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, like, it like it means a lot, um, and it helps uh, bring more eyes to it. And I think like mm-hmm. that's something we should, you know, if we have the the spoons for, we should always try to do for each other. So, oh, for sure, yeah, uh, so, yeah, it's incredible. Um, well, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, your graphics card and everything else in your computer works out, so we can we can see more of those streams. Yeah. Um, yeah, coming Thank 2023, you maybe we'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, yeah, sh- secret nerd streaming, uh, summer yeah. of 2024. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a non kind of date. <laughs> yeah, it's far enough in advance that I can <laughs> yeah. do it, right? Yeah, or people will forget about me. Uh, one of the <laughs> two. no, I will forget about you. How <laughs> no, dare you say that? <laughs> um, but yeah, this has been so so much fun. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. I yeah. had a blast, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 